0: So most women I know are very frustrated that their partners aren't sharing the emotional load with them, the emotional work of keeping their relationship connected and alive. We're frustrated and I have been through this. It's not easy. I do think a lot of it is learned behavior from women because when we were teenagers, we had friends and we talked about emotional things and we've been we've been priming and practicing our whole lives talking about emotions and how we feel and i don't think men males have had the practice that us females have had it's very expected and normal for women to have friends that we can call connect talk about our deepest darkest feelings with but with men How many men, ask your man, if they have a friend that they can call up and talk about a very deep, vulnerable, emotional issue with? Most men don't have a friend like this. And if they do, that's amazing. Usually, men have friends that they go and golf with, they go and watch sports with, and it's surface level for men their partner, their woman, usually is the one and only person in their life that they can be vulnerable with, that they can be emotional with. With women, we have a village. We have a friend for every type of issue we want help with. We have practice. Yet we still need that emotional component from our partner because that is how we feel connected. That is the only way we feel connected in our relationship is if our partner is bringing some emotional peace to the table. When we feel that we are bringing 100% of the emotions and the closeness monitor of our relationship, we feel alone, which means we do not feel safe and secure. There is a blog post by Dr. Sue Johnson. She's my favorite therapist. She is the creator of emotion-focused therapy, EFT therapy, which is the type of therapy that I believe in and that we have practiced and have learned from with our therapist. And she has the books Hold Me Tight and Love Sense. I think she might have a few more books. But she has a blog post about women and how we feel we are the sole emotional managers Of our relationships and it feels heavy and the the true root of why it's so heavy is because if we feel that our partner only notices when the dial is turned completely off with connection if you only notice when our emotional connection is completely dialed off How can we truly feel safe and secure in the relationship? If you aren't clued in and tapped in on the signs of our emotional connection dialing down, if you're not clued in to these signs and you only notice when it's off, how can we feel safe? How can we feel secure in this relationship? If you're that out to lunch, if you're that out in the clouds that you only notice when it's off. I am not sitting here blaming men. I am always blaming the system or the culture. I I blame the culture and the society that have handicapped men from feeling, feeling, feeling their emotions and their feelings because the masculine norms are cut that shit off, Do not feel, do not cry, do not be vulnerable because that is not manly. Obviously, this is all very blatant. Men, in order to be truly masculine and the alpha male cannot show emotions because they cannot be displayed as weak. So obviously, while us girls are getting practice with talking about our emotions and our feelings with our friends as children and as teenagers, Boys are learning to cut this off in their bodies. They are learning to shut down their emotional system, deny, repress, drink away, smoke away their emotions. So then when a male and a female start dating each other in teenage years or a little later, it's always the same story. The girl is like, hey, Are you there? She's poking the bear. She's poke, poke, poke. Are you there? Do you care about me? Do you love me? What, is there anything in this shell of this human body? And then when the woman pokes, the male typically shuts down, freezes, runs away because he doesn't even know how to meet her in that space of vulnerability. Talk to any couple at any age. This is the cycle. This is what happens. And that's what we need to talk about today. So first, I think it's very common for a female to say, I need an emotional something to feel connected. I need you to give me something about your feelings, your emotions, something. I need something to start feeling connected. I need something to grow this bond. And males, typically, they're like, oh, I just need to have sex to feel connected. And while that may feel true to males, I think that's because that's the only practice and what they've ever known. So then when they actually start to become self-aware of their emotions and their feelings, they would start to notice that, oh no, my heart actually doubles in size when me and my partner like double over laughing over something super funny. Once a man starts to become aware and present with his body and he is fully rooted in his body, he would start to notice these things. But I think he just has so much practice with feeling externally (laughs) during sex and then he thinks that is connection. I personally think that's just the practice they've had so that's what they think is only true. But once you start becoming aware and present with yourself in the present moment, you do start noticing when your heart swells, when you get a rush of love in these little emotional moments that maybe a man normally wouldn't notice. These are called attachment cues. So attachment cues are... Little signals of body language that your partner does that within seconds you know whether you're going to be in danger or conflict or you're going to be more loved. So, say your partner eye rolls at you, immediately your system, your nervous system says, Danger, danger. She's annoyed. I'm not safe anymore. Or if she gives you like a little laugh with like a nose scrunch that you know she's so happy in that moment. Your nervous system tells you you are safe and you are loved. These happen many, many, many times a day, every single day. So just start paying attention to these attachment cues from your partner. You know, if they eye roll, if they kind of give a head nod, if they just come up and hug you randomly, these are attachment cues. There are negative and positive, and we communicate what they are feeling based on simple body behavior. It's really, really mind-blowing when you, when you start noticing these things. A pretty big attachment cue for me is when I'm telling my husband a story that I just, I'm just so excited to tell him, and he keeps looking at his phone. That's a pretty blatant attachment cue. But when he keeps looking at his phone, when I'm trying to tell him something important to me, my nervous system is like, nope, you are not connected right now. You are not safe right now because he is not even listening. So now when he looks at his phone, when I'm telling him something important, I'm like, please, please stop looking at your phone. Please look at me in my eyes. This story is really important to me. And that is actually just the core need of wanting to be fully seen and heard, which we all have those needs. So when your partner is looking at their phone, when you're talking to them, that is a direct abandonment of the need to be seen and heard, which is why it hurts so much. And I truly believe kids feel this too. When a parent is on their phone, when a kid is telling them something, they're not being seen and heard. And it hurts so what do women need from men we need emotional responsiveness what does that look like in this blog post by dr sue johnson she gives an example that's really good so here's an example a wife says to her husband how come you never take the time to talk and snuggle me before we go to bed anymore it's like we are roommates who just share a bedroom and a bed. It's lonely. And unfortunately the husband only hears criticism and he counters, God, you just exaggerate, really. Do you know how busy I've been? Do you always have to be so negative? I'm working so hard for this family and you haven't even noticed. And then he turns away from her and then There is even greater separation, and the wife feels even more lonely. Emotional responsiveness would be the husband responding, saying, Hey, yeah, maybe you're right. I'm so tired these days. I guess I don't even snuggle you like I used to. I miss that too. You're right. We don't spend enough time together. I just go on to this automatic mode. I don't want us to be just roommates. In that response, he moves into caretaking of the emotional bond between him and his wife. Then she sinks into his arms, feeling so reassured. Emotional responsiveness is when you truly hear your partner. You can hear what they are saying and you can validate them. And the other partner definitely has duty of bringing the need and the issue to the attention of the other partner in a very respectful, loving way. Because bringing up an issue in a condescending, criticizing, demanding tone or way will never gain the response of validation That you need. That is complete fact. If you are in any type of criticizing tone, your partner will hear that tone and go on defense. And then a fight occurs because it is like, oh, no, I'm ready for a fight. I hear that tone. My wall is going up. I am ready. So I either run away or I take out my sword. So, how you approach your partner with your issue or with your emotional need is everything. So I'll explain what I lived through with my husband. So for many years, I had this huge desire and this need to want a more equal emotional connection with him. I felt for many years that I was bringing, I was the only one bringing anything to the emotional table. It was all on me, it was all on my shoulders. And if I stopped doing it, our relationship would crumble. We would be done. Because it was all up to me. It was all on, on my shoulders, in my responsibility. And it was heavy. And it, I did not feel okay doing this. But it was our habit. So how, how can you break out of a habit that has formed? Because we've been together for maybe 15 years. Once that habit forms... Because the habit formed because we were unconscious. We were not aware of how to communicate when we were younger. We were not aware of any of this. So this just unconsciously happened. But then once I became aware and we, became, we started going to therapy, you become aware of these habits. So I realized, no, I am not fulfilled. I do not feel safe. I do not feel connected being the only person bringing anything emotional to the table. I felt like it was 100% on my shoulders and I was not okay with it anymore. So for many years, I asked him, I need you to bring something to the table. I need you to. And I felt like my requests have, were always unanswered. He would never follow through. There was no action step with actually hearing my need that I needed, I, I needed help, I needed him to bring something to the table so that we could stay connected, and it, it wasn't my full responsibility that it was I was the sole closeness emotional monitor, and I wasn't okay with that anymore. I needed something more. I needed something more from him I needed an emotional something to feel connected. So for many years, I would voice this need and it would go unanswered. And eventually last year, I was starting to come to a tipping point. I didn't know how many more years I could sit here, knowing my need, asking him for the need and not getting it fulfilled or answered. It was a huge burden on me. So finally, I had to sit him down and talk so clearly and so seriously to him and let him know that I was not going to wait around another 10 years and wait for him to make this a priority. It was not an ultimatum. It was my true heart saying, I know what I need. I know what we're capable of. And I am not going to wait around 10 years, 20 years, 30 years for you to just wake up one day. Or we are wise enough that I don't need to leave you and and we don't need to become separated for you to wake up to the fact that oh, you know you do value me and you do want to prioritize me, and now you're going to whip your butt into shape and do these things that I've been needing you to do. People don't need to break up. People don't need to separate in order for a partner to hear them. And so this is what I was saying to him. I was like, we're smarter than that. We're more aware than that. What do I need to do to get you to take me seriously in that I need a partner that will bring something to the emotional table. I will not wait around more years and just wait and wait for you to make this a priority. So somehow that got through to him. And I think maybe it was my approach because I did it in a very loving, respectful way. It wasn't in a nagging bad way at all. And maybe the fact that I told him like, we don't need to be these average people that break up and then realize, oh, what we had once we don't have it anymore. That's a path for people that are not aware and that are clueless and we aren't that people. Like we have the capacity and the ability to truly hear each other in the moment and then go into action. So finally he did hear me. And that's why he finally went to therapy completely alone because he needed to figure out his own shit that had nothing to do with me. So him going to the therapist solo with her being an outside observer on the things that were going on with him was huge. It was everything because honestly, the therapist would say a lot of the things I was telling him but just because i i'm his wife the message wasn't really getting through that's just kind of like you know the parent child relationship if you're a child and your parent is telling you this is what you need to do you're not going to listen to them just cuz you're the parent that's just that's just the way it is that's that sometimes the husband wife dynamic and the parent child dynamic so my husband finally was coming around and learning things about himself and learning how he projects his work stress onto me and all these amazing, amazing things because he finally went to therapy completely alone and was able to hear these truths from someone that was not me, which is what is needed sometimes. Sometimes you need to pay someone else to get your husband to hear something that they need to hear. That just is what happens sometimes. And obviously vice versa. The wife needs to hear some things too. So since his solo therapy appointments and then my passion for psychology and therapy and emotions and the mind and the ego, this is all I talk about. This is all I think about. So eventually it rubs off on him. Like eventually... He starts piecing things together. He starts becoming super aware. And suddenly, slowly, after these tiny little baby steps, he suddenly starts bringing emotional things to the table. It starts happening. That's my reality now. And I know how it feels. And it feels so amazing. And what I want to tell you today is the tiny little emotional things he tells me that makes my whole world and how simple it is. It's so simple. And a man doesn't have to talk for an hour about his emotions. He literally has to come home and say, oh, this is what happened at work today. Someone said this to me and my ego really got triggered. And I, and I felt my body starting to take it personal. And I was really triggered by this person. And I like really wanted to, you know, say something mean to them. But I just was watching how my body was so like hurt and it took it so personal. And that's what happened emotionally at work today. Like, so that is how simple it can be is a man electively saying something emotional that happened in his day. That's it. That's it. And that can make my week, my month, my year, that one little emotional moment when my husband's like, oh, this happened at work today. And I felt this in my body and it made me feel this way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can we talk about this? This is like my everything. This is, I get so giddy. And I... My natural state is kind of this therapist state. And thankfully, he doesn't mind it. He welcomes it. I mean, if he didn't welcome it, I'd have a hard time because I'm so passionate about this stuff. So I also have to say that I fully recognize that this is my passion. Emotions and, and feelings and being a therapist type of person is my passion and it's not his passion. I recognize that I love talking about this stuff 10 times more than him. But you don't know that my bar is so low. (laughs) My bar is so low. All I need for him, now that I'm living it, and I know that it's possible, all I need from him is for him to come home maybe once a week, not even every day. I need him to come home once a week and just say, ah, this happened at work today and it made me feel this. And I don't really know what the root is. So then we, we dive in to the emotional situation that happened at his work. And then we find out the core root of what he was feeling. And it's so freaking fun. So I'm finally living this reality that I always knew was possible of my husband bringing some emotional stuff to the table. I am not alone. Sometimes we think, oh, it should be 50-50. And in my situation, I don't think it will ever be 50-50 because I'm passionate about this topic. I am always talking about this topic. I'm always thinking about this topic. I don't think he will ever be 50%. So I think it's very important for partners to talk about what 50-50 is in your relationship. Every single relationship is different. So for example, I don't bring in much of an income anymore. I I did for many years. And so our household tasks were kind of equal because I was equally working, he was equally working. So everything was kind of divvied, 50-50. But then the seasons change and I'm home and I I have the time to cook the meals. I have the time to do the dishes. I have the time to do the laundry. He works and he brings in the income. So... Our tasks are totally shifting and changing, so my 50 percent five years ago is different from my 50 percent right now today, and it also may be different with emotions too. I don't expect him to bring 50 percent of the emotional connection to the table. I just don't think that's realistic. <laughs> like, um, I think maybe he's doing 20 percent and I'm happy with 20%. That's that's what fulfills me right now because I feel like I had 0% or 1% for the longest time and things were running on fumes. So that little small amount of a percentage jump is everything to me. I'm so happy. I'm so, so happy now just because he is becoming present with his emotions and his feelings and he electively tells me about it. This is the biggest piece is that I don't have to ask him and drag information out of him. That's exhausting. And that's what I had to do for years. For years, the only way I would learn information is if I asked him questions and I pulled the information out of him. That's the main thing that has changed is that now that he is becoming aware of his emotions and his emotional body and his feelings in the moment he's feeling them, he's present and he notices them and he electively tells me the information. And that is the biggest piece. In the past, when I had to ask him questions to coax information out of him or coax emotions out of him, that's the feeling that I'm 100% responsible for this emotional connection, this relationship. But because now he electively brings up this information on his own, he is carrying that emotional manager weight with me. It's everything. So when he does this, honestly, he might even just do it once a week and that's all I need. It's not even an everyday thing. I think when women ask their men, you know, for more emotions, more connection, more this, more that, they think it can be such a huge task and, you know, they're going to have to sit in conversation for hours and that's just not true. It's not true because I am sitting here as proof that my husband can say one emotional story a week and I am so fulfilled and so happy and yes everyone's different but I feel like I am the poster woman for this topic and all I need is one little thing a week and I'm so happy and it's also just rubbing off in so many circumstances and he's becoming so much more aware I'm going to tell you this story that recently happened that Makes me laugh. Okay, so one evening, my thing is I always want attention. Like if he's been ignoring me, like not looking at me for many hours, my inner child in me is just like, oh, I need to be seen. You know, give me some attention. So one evening, he wasn't looking at me that much. And I started getting agitated. because so I'm just like, I, I need to be seen. I, I want some attention. And so we're sitting on the couch, like watching a show. And i playfully throw a pillow and it hits his head and it, i did it kind of hard and looking back i did that for attention but in the moment he's like ow he's like that hurt why did you do that and in the moment i knew i should not have done that i was wrong but my problem is that i don't apologize i have such a hard issue with apologizing it's my pride this is my number one issue So in the moment when he's like, "Ow, that hurt. Like, why did you do that? I was sorry, but I couldn't say sorry. So I go over to him and I hug him and I jump on him and I'm kissing him and I'm smothering him. And he's like, oh, this is how you're saying you're sorry, right? And I start breaking out laughing. So I'm like, oh my gosh, (gasps) you're so right. He was so in tune, aware in that moment. And I didn't even notice. My body was verbalized, verbally, my body was showing him it was sorry without verbalizing it. And he was clued in, tapped in, and was like, "Ah, oh, you're, you're showing me you're sorry without saying you're sorry. That's what's happening right now. And I, I couldn't believe that just happened. And I feel like I am not the only one that is in this relationship anymore because of that little scenario. That's it. That little scenario, I talked about that for days because I was so pumped that he was aware in the moment it was happening. It was everything. So this is the reason that I say our relationship is the best it's ever been. We've been together for maybe 15 years. And it's only now, finally, the best it's ever been because he finally worked on himself and started becoming aware of his emotions, of his ego in the moment it's happening, of his feelings when he's feeling them. Instead of just repressing them and denying them and just projecting his feelings, he's finally becoming honest with how he feels and acknowledging his feelings and then just talking to me about them and it's not often but the process is starting and it's so exciting and now I know what's possible and I know what I've been waiting for I've been waiting for this for so long and it's finally here and it's and it's mainly because he finally went to therapy alone I think that he really realize some things like how how we simply treat our spouse the way we feel like we're super stressed after work and we come home all agitated and then we're kind of not that nice to our partner and it's just because we don't feel good or we're really worried about money for some reason and if your partner you know, goes to Target and buys $20 shoes that we find that to be a problem because we're worried about money or we're in fear of money. We project everything onto our partners. And it's only when you start learning that and then seeing it play out in real time that you realize and you start facing yourself, you start facing your fears, you start facing your childhood Crap that you have never faced that we all project onto our partners because our husband-wife dynamic is a recreation of our parent-child dynamic. That is what happens. This is the cycle that keeps on cycling until we break it.